San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, my name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB, you can hear us on any device as the show airs, and these podcasts are commercial-free on iymoney.com. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire. He's an accomplished marathon runner, best-selling author, lecturer, philanthropist, and family office expert advising several high net worth families. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? Doing great, Joe. Enjoying this hot summer. Yeah, isn't this something? Watch, watching my Padres trade all their players away. You know, uh, every year is the hottest year, it seems. And um, I just heard a report about the drought. We've been in a drought for... Pretty much the last 16 years, but it's been... It's terrific. been a long one. Yeah. I'm getting mixed messages, though, because they, they did say they were going to lift the drought restrictions or water restrictions, and yet I'm hearing we're still in a bad drought. So I don't know what to make of it all. But I don't either. But I do know it's uh, it's warm, and I'm glad I live <laughs> uh, east uh, west of five because I know people in East... Well, you grew up in East County, Richard. Now, I live west of Coast Highway. Yeah. So that's but, west. But, I mean, uh, when you grew up in East County, do you recall it being as hot then as it is now? Cause I well, think- yeah, I grew up, you know, in Lakeside in Oklahoma. My mom, Dolores, who always listens to this show, hi, Mom. She, <laughs> of course, lives in Oklahoma, where it's been as hot as 108 degrees this I, summer. I 108. And when I grew up out there, um, it was hot. But the thing that's changed is it's much more humid now than it used to be. Back when yeah. I grew up out there, it was much drier. It seems like we're getting more tropical. Heat it's more tropical, whatever. more humid. And it's the humidity that, I don't know about you, Joe, but it's the humidity that really bothers me. I don't really oh, mind yeah. a 100-degree heat if it's dry. But when it's 100 degrees with 85% humidity. So you would rather be jogging in a sauna than a steam bath is basically what Exactly. You're okay. I don't mind the heat, but I do not <laughs> like humidity. It is so much more humid than it was 30 years ago. It was. It is. But anyway, we shall survive. And uh, speaking of survivors, we've got a great guest tonight. Uh, full disclosure, I've known this gentleman for well over 30 years, and so have a lot of other people in San Diego County. Um, he's probably uh, made more people look good than, uh, I don't know, <laughs> Probably a plastic surgeon, I don't know. But um, if you've ever needed some formal wear, and uh, originally it was called um, um, a better deal, and, no, excuse me, it was Give Me a Break originally. And it now was Give Me a Break originally. And now yeah. it's a better deal tuxedo, and we have the illustrious proprietor and founder, Jerry Klein, with us. Jerry, welcome to our show. Hey, thanks. Thanks for inviting me, and I'm glad I'm here. Yeah. My wife is with me as well. Yes. So. Hi to Janet. Uh-huh. She's, she's actually in the green room listening. She's in the green room? I, I don't think she could take us up uh, up close. I was going <laughs> to wear a tuxedo to the show, Joe, but it's just too dang hot. So It is. It's it too is. dang hot to put on the tuck. But anyway, Jerry Klein, gosh, I mean, you go through your store, you look on the walls. Uh, there's more famous people there than I think of any other business in San Diego that I can think of. Does anybody else have that kind of, uh, kind of uh, clientele? I don't know. But... Um, Anyway, let's start at the beginning, Jerry. You're basically Chicago native, and that's mm-hmm. kind of how we met. But uh, anyway, tell us about your childhood, where you grew up, and then uh, how you got, got into the I know you had a lot of other jobs, which is interesting, so maybe you could tell us about all that. Well, <clears throat> born and raised in uh, Chicago, Illinois, of course, mm-hmm. and um, from a big family. What part of town then? North side, west side? Northwest. Okay. Northwest <laughs> side, yeah. Okay. But um, had experience to um, 
get to know the city pretty pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, all always and pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Though I was an iron worker there and uh, got a lot of work in there and uh, got to meet a lot of people. So you worked on the high-rise construction outdoors on the girders, right? Yes, sir. Yes, how, many, sir. how high up were you when you were doing that? Oh, I would say about 30, 40 of floors. Oh, my gosh. How, how young were you? How old were you? <laughs> I started at 16. Wow. Oh, my God. oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Did they have you guys tethered in at all, or could uh, did, it was it possible to actually go off the side? Yes, it was possible. There was not a whole lot of um, attention put to uh, the the people that were jumping from one beam to the other, it was more of what we can get done before the snow came again. You know, so um, did you uh, lose any coworkers uh, over the years uh, when you were doing that? Um, yes, um, yeah, it was pretty sad to see that happen because you get to know these fellows pretty closely, and mm. uh, uh, there's no guarantee that you won't have a, a problem, mm. especially with uh, some of the inclement weather well hopefully there yeah okay. we had to work with but yeah. um you um survived for the most part and i was happy to have an opportunity to uh, to be asked if um if i could uh, be interested in um the formal wear business mm. and i said it sounds pretty darn nice it sounds <coughs> like how'd um, that come about who asked you uh it would ask they it was a girl from that I was dating at that time, and uh, she asked if I'd like to model uh, for her store, mm. and um, huh. that kind of started it off there because it was the tuxedo was supplied by Gingis in mm. Chicago, mm. famous, yeah, very yeah. very famous at that time, mm-hmm. and I was very fortunate because I came in at a time where they were expanding mm-hmm. and selling franchises all over the country. Mm. So um, by that time, I had um, been with the company for about, um, I would say, about six months and um, got to see the store, different stores in different parts of Chicago, which was a great education for me, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, gives you a, a lot of a lot of ideas about what uh, what goes on. And um, it was a really, really fascinating education. Mm-hmm. And I was all years um, and learned a lot, great deal. So you were in your 20s when this was happening, right? Or? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was, you know, from 16 to 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they uh, hired me because they were expanding. And also they had uh, thoughts about going into the franchise business. Mm-hmm. Which she did. Ben Gingis was a very wealthy man and also liked to try different ex- experiences on how he could make, make more money and achieve a little bit so they no- got pretty notoriety. Big. They got pretty big. They went they, they, they originated in Chicago, and then how many franchises did they ultimately have? Um, <clears throat> when I left, there was about 275. Wow. Wow. And about um, 35, 40 parent company stores. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, yeah, a great education. The owner mm-hmm. took a liking to me, which I was very happy about. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was pretty much in on the... What are you doing with my pen? He, he, he just took your pen. Oh, okay. I can hear it. It's bothering me. I'll do one of these. Then. No. <laughs> Tap the fingers instead. All right. But anyway, they got as big as a couple hundred, right? And then did, did, did you get involved with franchising yourself? Yeah. Or? Yeah, I did. I did a trading program for them, how to, um, how to measure people, how to get 
get their money and mm-hmm. uh, all that other thing, all the mm-hmm. other things. And I got a, quite an education. Hmm. And it was a great education, fun. And uh, and I was happy to came from poor, poor beginnings myself, so mm-hmm. it was nice to see uh, how people can achieve and make some more money. And um, so I taught the classes when, for franchisees who were opening stores in different parts of the country. Had a chance to see, travel and see those uh, locations mm-hmm. because they bought franchises. So mm. Is that how you made your way from Chicago to San Diego, or was it some uh, other way? Yeah, yeah, poor, more or less because I'd scout uh, an area that people were interested in opening up a franchise. And with the weather being what it was in Chicago... It wasn't too hard to have somebody open up in Kansas City and uh, <laughs> New Orleans and uh, even, well, even Minnesota because it was constant. At least you didn't have to worry about whether it was going to be terrible weather because it was most of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you adjusted to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, from there, um, we were open training and opening stores like crazy. Um, uh, we did... Um, the surrounding stores in Chicagoland and south of that, and um, the Miami Beach and all the all the. So you got to travel to all these uh, uh, cities uh, to yes. help them get open, right? That's very true. And then when did you first land in San Diego? San Diego was uh, pretty much uh, after we had taken um, Texas and uh, all the other stores in between now mm-hmm. and and. Uh, so about 19, what, 80, early 80s or so? or About 1970. 70. Mm. 75. And, then, and um, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was very, very overwhelmed with it, but mm. I enjoyed it so much that um, they put me on. I'd get back from an opening and uh, teaching them on location, and they'd give me another another store to go to. Mm. You know? And um, so we saw them all, Houston. Wow. Lubbock. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, take a little break. We'll be back with Jerry Klein from a Butter Deal Tuxedo in Bird Rock right after these words. Hang on. All right. We are back with Jerry Klein from a Butter Deal. Some no, new, What music is that? I'm. New, Oh, the Bionic oh, I like Woman. That. The, I was going to say, is that the Bionic Woman? How about that? Because <laughs> the Bionic Man was Steve Austin, I think, or something yeah. he was called. But How about that? Okay. What was the name of the Bionic Man, the actor again? He was... Uh, St- Steve Austin? No, no. No. The, the, the actual actor. Oh, the actual... Oh, gee, we, we don't... We, I can see his face. We'll have to Google it. We'll Google it. Anyway, we're back with Jerry Klein <laughs> from Better Deal Tuxedo. Lee Majors. <laughs> That's yeah. the guy. Lee That's Majors. the guy. That's the guy. See, it always comes to me. Lee Majors and Jerry Klein, back from a better deal. <laughs> so, Jerry, uh, you gave notice in the early 70s. You wanted to get out to San Diego. I know a lot of your family came with you. You've got a big, beautiful family, which we'll talk about soon, but... Um, Tell us what went on in the early 70s. Uh, well, they gave me a um, franchise, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I was supposed to be under the situation of not having to pay royalties mm-hmm. for all the things I taught them. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, that's, um, that's a little bit too much to charge me for. I mm-hmm. said, because frankly, I can, I can do without the name. Mm-hmm as much as I wouldn't like to have to do that. Mm-hmm. So um, they sent me the bill again and <laughs> sent me the bill again. So That happens in the food industry, too, where people want to you know, yeah. branch off. 
and um, so you had the knowledge and the experience, the expertise, and mm-hmm. and, and you don't really, you know, you can build up your own uh, business, right, in goodwill, right? That's what I that's what I had to do, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like work for me, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. um, and uh, if they were going down because people were um, pretty much pretty much satisfied with where how fast that you could open up and things mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. there are problems with people like there are with any business that you, that you go involved, get involved in. Mm-hmm. And, um, so there was a lot of troubleshooting then too. So, um, uh, it became more of a work situation than a so what, enjoyable. So, so was, um, give me a break on Marina Boulevard. Was that the first store you opened here or is that the second or was that, was that the first one you did? Um, that was the first one okay. I did, yes, for ourselves. Right. For and that, myself. So that, yeah. and that opened in when, the, the early, late 70s, early 70s? Um, not, not really sure, around 80? About 80, yeah, about 85 maybe. Yeah, 85. No, about 80. Yeah, early 80s, because you and I met. <laughs> of course, Jerry is a Chicago sports fanatic and nut and, uh, of course, the Chicago Bears in 1985, Richard, as you recall. Were, yes. Were one of the a most. powerhouse team. Oh, my gosh. They were just uh, so much fun to the watch. The Refrigerator. Refrigerator mm-hmm. Perry, Jim McMahon, Walter Payton, uh, a bunch of, a real colorful bunch, and um, entertaining on and off the field. Well, of course, they put together that, that terrific 15-1 season. And now I'm seeing, and of course, Jerry G. Bishop, who used to uh, work here, mm-hmm. the late Jerry, great guy. Um I'm seeing in the papers that there's this group meeting at Lair's Greenhouse to watch the playoffs with the Bears at, uh, you know, Lair's Greenhouse, mm-hmm. which is not even there anymore. I think it's, it was, it's becoming something else. Anyway, I go down there, and uh, it's packed. And uh, <laughs> so for, for the first playoff game, I think it was the Rams or somebody, they, they destroyed. They shut out the first. They gave up only 10 points throughout the entire playoffs. But um, so the second game... I, I don't know how I got lassoed into it, but um, I start making the public service announcements of these things. <laughs> it's your silky and, smooth and, voice, and Joe. Now, Jerry, now Jerry's r- running this Windy City Sports Club along with some other colleagues, and this thing is just exploding because I guess people have been watching the game through the whole season uh, there, right, Jerry? I mean, they've gotten mm-hmm. so popular. They're so good, and, and, and you don't realize how many Chicago Bears fans there are. Uh, Jerry says, you know, for the Super Bowl, this is not going to cut it. <laughs> we need a big venue. <laughs> Guess what, Rich? And Ann is at the causes of the Leukemia Society because I think um, uh, he wanted to raise I think he had a sister, right, Jerry, that mm-hmm. suffered from. And um, we get the Hilton on Mission Bay, Richard, <laughs> the entire ballroom. No partitions. That's, that's a big ballroom. Yes. Yeah. So 2,000 people, Super Bowl Sunday, uh, 1986. I think it was January 26th, if my memory serves. And we, that was the lead story on every local telecast mm. that night. And uh, it was absolute pandemonium, a sea of uh, wasted people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I won't get into the dirty details, but uh, I brought a 17-piece big band. They just they didn't even charge. They just wanted to be at the party. <laughs> and uh, we sang a couple of funny did, songs. Did you put them in the trunk of your car? How'd you bring a 17-piece no, big band? No, they drove themselves. Oh, okay. But um, uh, it was an absolute, uh, just the most, well, I'll never forget it, Jerry, will you? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a marathon. Marathon celebration. Just to give you an idea, everyone, you're going to pay 30 bucks to get into this thing, and you're supposed to have unlimited, uh, I think we had light beer. They had uh, budgeted, I think, eight kegs of beer, and they thought that would be plenty. So that lasted through the first quarter. Well, <laughs> hang on. You're gonna, so the... Uh, <laughs> 
at the halftime, they come, Jerry or somebody came in and goes, Joe, you got to tell me we got to start charging for beer. I said, what? He said they have consumed the entire bu- <laughs> game's beer in the first half, for God's sake. Yeah. And I hear it was had to start charging like a buck seventy-five or two something. So I got to get up. I, how am I going to say this? You know, and thank God the Bears were winning because uh, I want to tell you the 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 Patriots scored the first. Uh, they kicked the field yeah, goal. Kicked the field goal. Went mm-hmm. ahead, and that room got silent like a morgue. And I was thinking, myself, oh my gosh, if the Bears lose this game, this hotel is going to be a pile of rubble. But yeah. they will destroy this place. <laughs> and I'm serious. So. Uh, I had to get up at halftime, and I say, like, good Chicago fans, like, good news and bad news, like, good Chicago fans, um, you know, you have consumed your entire quota of beer uh, in the first half, and they all cheered at that, you know. And then I said, unfortunately, we have to start charging whatever it was, $2 or books or five. So they, by that time, they were so wasted, they didn't even care. But uh, I was, you know, concerned I was going to get thrown through a window myself. <laughs> where, where do you go to get that much beer to take care of the second half that quickly? I don't know. But, uh, they, you know, th- these people were going to the Highway Patrol from Illinois where the next uh, – uh, they were there also as for another convention, and they had another. They were going over buying these 32 ounce pl- plastic steins and coming over and filling those uh, those <laughs> things up. I mean, it was just uh, really a, a, a cra- one of the craziest days I'll ever remember. And uh, thanks to Jerry, we're still here to talk about. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. It really, it really was. It, yeah. It, now let's talk mm-hmm. about your store because uh, I mean it is a wall of fame over there. Uh, Tim Conway and uh, on and on and on. You got that great story. Muhammad Ali. Several times you dressed him, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was a place where people went when they came out to the West Coast too, um, mm-hmm. because they knew a lot of us from um, Chicago, of course, mm-hmm. and in different cities that they opened opened uh, opened up their own business. So mm-hmm. it was. Um, it wasn't a matter of working to uh, it, win them over to open up a store. Uh, we we uh, we taught them and we helped them and gave them hints, and uh, it became not uh, a job. But we opened up our own store too, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't think I was going to do that, but. It was enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, it, it really was. Um, and, of course, if you've been through Bird Rock, uh, Bird Rock Avenue and La Jolla Boulevard, you're right there on the, just off the corner there. You can mm-hmm. see it every time, a better deal tuxedo. And you've expanded to the corner yourself, I see, all the way. So uh, you've got quite a bit, a bit of space over there. Yeah, it, uh, it, uh, it was, you know, it was uh, very successful. And yeah. um, uh, I really um, got tired of working that much now you and shotgun tom have developed a very good friendship mm-hmm. and um you have any great stories about uh hanging out with him that you can remember <laughs> and repeat and repeat on the air uh, <laughs> he's quite the guy isn't he yeah tommy and i had had some great times and mm-hmm. um and uh, we had a we had a um a company operating out of his basement so in fact, we did a lot of recording and things like that. Doesn't he have like a Tonight Show set in his uh, garage or uh-huh. something? And um, yeah, yeah. I remember was. seeing the sheriff. Was it John Lynch uh, was hosting the one of these things? And there's probably several of these things floating around out there, right? But, yeah. Uh, anyway, you guys had a lot of <laughs> yes, a lot we of, did a lot of jokes. We probably can't repeat on, uh, on the air here, but uh, anyway, he had, I know that was a blast. So, um, Chuck, you went up for, he, he just got his star on the ho- Walk of Fame in Hollywood, right? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the memories I had that I was very uh, um, surprised and still happy with, but uh, Ali showed up at uh, at my store on... Um, Marina? Marina Boulevard, yeah. 
uh, not too far away from Bocce's, which Tony mm-hmm. Tony is a good friend of mine. Yeah, we, we just had lunch there. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He's he's a he's a great cook, and it's been in the family. He came here from, of course, Italy, mm-hmm. and uh, he were a huge success, and uh, and we became close friends, and uh, so it was, um, yeah. It was, and well, we'll talk still about. Maybe. We're going to talk about Ali coming to your store, though, because we have to yeah. take a little break right now. I'll come right back with Jerry Klein from A Better Deal Tuxedo right after this. All right, we're back with the award winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. We've got some really well dressed sponsors, Joe. <laughs> And oh, we've got some interesting music coming through. Too. <laughs> Let's just keep going. Big thank, big thank you to UBS. Couldn't do this without Michael Carancha and Drew Friedis from UBS. Also, our favorite CPAs on the planet, Plato Epic CPAs with Don Epic and Paul Polito. Also, Jason Kruger, CPA with Signature Analytics, a great CFO service firm. Our great friend Joel Gruskin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Also, upcoming guest, Brenda Geiger with Geiger Law Office. Brenda specializes in estate planning and asset protection. Our favorite bankers, California Republic Bank, a great niche market bank with Elaine Elliott and Sean Puckett that specializes in working with wealthy families and family offices. Also, Hub International, also known as Mars Maddox Insurance, a great employee benefits firm. Recent guest, Anthony Lombardi with the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Also, the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, that would be Paul Hines, who heads up the senior safeandsound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial elder abuse. And, of course, interest rates still low. If you're buying or refinancing, how about worldwide credit? Mr. Nathan Watkins, Nathan can help you with a buy, an acquisition, or a refinancing, and rates are staying low. It looks like it might be the case here for a little while longer, so that's good stuff for anybody owning or refinancing. Nathan Watkins with Worldwide Credit, and of course, our last two favorite sponsors because they actually give us food. <laughs> well, there's the Lestats Coffee House, uh, three soon to have three locations: Originals and Normal Heights, the uh, second and University Heights, third is about to open on University and Hillcrest. Twenty four seven, three sixty five. Uh, always a great atmosphere, great coffee, and great food made on site. And also the Berry Good Food Foundation, headed up by Michelle Ciccarelli Lirac. Uh, they have a great berry dinner every year that we broadcast from. And uh, we'll have another show coming up this month, um, or excuse me, in August, about uh, food waste. And um, we'll do one a quarter with her with them about food. I think that's August 27th. Yeah, so, yes, I believe you're right. I believe you're okay. right. So, anyway, we're back with uh, Jerry Klein from A Better Deal Tuxedo. So, Joe, we, we've had, like, two guests recently who knew Cassius Clare, Muhammad Ali from Chicago, Jerry yeah. being the second one. Walter Murray was the first one. Yeah, how ironic is that? Hmm. So, Ali? Did, did you meet him in Chicago or here in San Diego, Ali? Um, both. Okay. Chicago and San Diego and... Um, I happened to notice him in uh, Chicago when he was crossing the street, and I had met him a couple of times before that. Um, as I said before, most of the players uh, that needed formal wear mm-hmm. came to us, mm-hmm. and we had um, we had hundreds and hundreds of their own personal. And the secretary used to call him, please. Harry carries um, stuff together okay. and uh, whatever it was. So it was. Uh, 
it was a big treat meeting these guys and befriending them and seeing and getting tickets forever sure. for everybody that came to town and whatever else. May so, so you fit football players, basketball players? Yes. Well, we did. did I, I didn't. How yeah. did, did, now, you had Ralph Garnett come in one day. He's like a seven-foot tall high school. But I mean, how, how, did you have trouble fitting some of these people? Or so? Gosh, who was the tallest person you ever fit? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, most of your basketball players um, – were were pretty tall, yeah. but um, we had people that were trained to do that. And okay, um, uh, I didn't get on ladders myself. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, climb up a ladder. I brought back memories of being on beams, you know. Right. So right. uh, Ali's brought his uh, his I, um, gang to the store, uh-huh. and uh, which is just south of uh, Tony's store, Bocce's, uh-huh. and um, he uh, wanted uh, us to do the tuxedos for him and his his. Um, Group group of people and mm-hmm. uh, that was fun. They stayed the whole afternoon and uh, the girls came in a little later on. So uh, it was really enjoyable. Uh-huh. And, but but uh, I mean that that's serious business because you're basically being entrusted with people's like most serious life events, right? Yes. Yeah. It. Well, we were very serious about making them look good because yeah. it's our part of our responsibility. Um, but getting back to Ali, he um, invited us to the uh, big. Banquet, Banquet right? that they were having for... Archie Moore, right? Actually, yes. Archie mm-hmm. Moore lived in uh, the area of San Diego, yeah. not yeah. too far away. Yeah, uh, one of our great local fighters. Yes, and um, so uh, they were there, and uh, they had the big uh, a big black tie event uh, over what? at the... Westgate, wasn't it? Or Westgate? Westgate Hotel, mm-hmm. and uh, he um, asked uh, if we would... Uh, have the uh, garments delivered over there and i said yes i'd be more than happy to do that and uh, because we wanted to have the final fitting there anyway so he also figured he wanted to have uh have me and my wife janet to sit right in, right, right in front of the dais so mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. and it was wonderful it was just a great great time and mm. seeing these guys all together and all their friends too flying in from all over and uh they were the dais and we were a very happy audience. Now, he was pretty funny in person, wasn't he? He had that great sense of humor. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. And uh, and he loved the ladies, too. Of I, course, I, and I, they I, loved him. Yes, it was. <laughs> and uh, and he, he didn't do a lot of talking in those days because he was, he, he, um, he the thoughts were there, but the, the conversation didn't yeah, yeah. Uh, sad. Yeah, it was sad. So, Jerry, um, have there been trends in formal wear? I know, just speaking generally, like in the business world, people don't dress as formally as they used to. Have, have there been changes or trends in the formal wear profession too? Um, well, out here has been a big education because it's um, in Chicago. You have probably about seventy-five uh, percent of the people wearing a tuxedo, twenty-five mm-hmm. percent wearing, and um, that. Part of that is um, the weather, I think, okay. and um, and also the tradition that they had out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, out here in the West Coast, we, we're doing about 50-50. Okay. And, um, which is okay because a lot of them wore gym shoes with their tuxedo. <laughs> and uh, it was Shorts uh, with their tuxedo. Yeah, sure. And, of course, sometimes we'd get a little upset about it because it wasn't what we stood for, but that's their business to... You know, spend their money and do what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So it uh, it's still been it's still been a lot of fun. Did now you, it's getting a little 
little bit more of work than it is mm-hmm. the fun part of it. Hey, can you help? Can I've always wanted the time I own bow tie. I don't even own one, but can you help people do that if they wanted to know how to do that? Or they all everything's clip on today, huh? Pretty much. I skirted the issue from day one. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was told them you, I was still learning, and that was after Richard, can thirty you tie years a bow tie? in the business. Can you, I can, but I do not own one. I, I but yes, yeah, I, so I learned how at a young age. I hear it's easy. I don't know. It is relatively easy. But, My wife uh, Janet will learn. So, well, you know what? They're less they're less messy than wearing a regular tie. You know, you get food on it or whatever. I mean, a bow tie. No, I wear a regular that. tie, so you can't see the food on my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and then I throw the tie away and get another one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and we do sell a lot of ties now, bow ties. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back from bow ties to four-in-hand ties, and it goes, uh, yeah, style changes and fashion changes uh, mm-hmm. are going taking place all the time. So you have to be alert alerted to it so so here's my question that i've never understood about a tuxedo what is the cummerbund for i mean what is the history of a cummerbund it's a cummerbund yeah but i'm sorry cummerbund people say cumber yeah cummerbund cummerbund what's the history behind a cummerbund uh, it was uh, actually to have a... Catch the food in your lap or something, wasn't it? Uh, they had a Let lot him of, answer, uh, Joe. Had, I don't know. They had a lot of um, reasons that they had, too. But actually, it was part of the, the styles that we inherited when we came to outfit people. Mm. And, mm. Uh, and uh, that's where they had cummerbunds. They, now the vests have taken rule over, mm-hmm. over put mm. those on the side for the most part. But um, the people that are there... For their um, for their fashion shows and things like that, they wanted to make sure that they have that part of it. Sure, there's people still involved with that. So, so it's have, traditional. Yes, anyway. exactly. Okay. Anyway, we have to take a short pause. Mm-hmm. We'll be back with Jerry Klein from a Better Deal Tuxedo right after these words. Hang on. There's some good Chicago music for you. Bob Newhart Show. We're back with Jerry Klein from A Better Deal Tuxedo in Bird Rock. I thought we were going to play the Chicago Bears disco song. No, 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 please. <laughs> okay. That, that's got to go by way of the Chargers <laughs> disco song. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Mike. Uh, so, Jerry, you're in Bird Rock. Um, but before we get to that, I understand you're a world-class cook and you like to cook. For, now, tell me about your, your guy. He's got a beautiful family. His, his grandson, Daniel, worked with Ed Harris's well, campaign. Okay, how many, how many kids? How many grandkids? <laughs> Don't even know. Oh, wow. Well, how many? Three daughters, Do right? we have to get Janet in here? Does she know? Yeah, yeah. It's She's holding her fingers up. Okay, was there's, that there's seven? A, there's a lot of them. Okay, seven. <laughs> She's got seven fingers up. I can see her through the that window. That would have been a Muhammad fingers. Ali answer, but there's it's, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah it's, um, no, they're, they're wonderful. They really are. And uh, we, enjoy, uh, we enjoy being out there. And a lot of them moved from Chicago. A lot of them were born in... in, uh, in San Diego. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. so... Uh, so it's it yeah it's been a big education and a wonderful yeah wonderful experience. All, all three of my kids were born in La Jolla. I'm proud to say, Joe. I've never disclosed that we're, we're, on air, but all three of my kids were born in La Jolla. At um, at Scripps. Scripps, yeah, yeah. Scripps, yeah. La Jolla. Yeah. Good good hospital. They're yeah. getting and they're getting bigger. I, I think they they gave us a wrong kid for one of the three. But I'm not <laughs> <talk about it. laughs> You want to do a gene test or something? Come on. It's too late. It's a busy place over there. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And a lot of our customers are doctors, of course. Yeah, of course. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, bird rocks changed quite a bit since you've moved in. They put those roundabouts in. Are you happy with the result, or some people you get mixed opinions on those? What do you think? Uh, well, it's it slowed down the traffic because mm-hmm. every time people got off work, they'd be taken one of two ways out, mm-hmm. and, um, and Bird Rock Avenue was um, was one of the ones that uh, they needed to. They felt they needed to slow down. Yeah, um, and they did, and it became really too slow. But um, it, well, it worked. As long as traffic slows down in front of your store. But, Joe, you mentioned that Jerry's a great cook. Jerry, what do you cook? What do you like to cook? Well, oh, I heard about this ham that you used to make. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ham to kill you? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no. um, well, when I was growing up in Chicago, um, my mom um, had a lot to do, and uh, I took over the, a lot of the cooking, okay. and, um, and I enjoyed um, the heck of it. Um, so and spaghetti and... Um, and spaghetti sauce and lasagna and all the other things, um, pies. Grandma, my grandmother's uh, helped me out a lot mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. that, and uh, I enjoyed it really. And I had a lot to talk about, too, with uh, the sports field. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, you don't like to cook for just three people. You like to cook for an army of people. That's what I understand, <laughs> right? I mean, you're, uh, you like to cook uh, big time. Is that how it works? Yeah, it's kind of slowed down a little bit because... Different areas. People have uh, my. I have uh, granddaughters in in uh, Valley mm-hmm. Center. They have a, uh, I, uh, a farm there, and um, they raise horses. Mm-hmm. And now they just bought a uh, a bakery. Or a something. bakery, yeah. yeah. And um, so they they're all keeping busy. One's a, another one's a nurse, and it, um, it's nice having them there instead of flying to Chicago and visiting and. I tasted some of the baked goods up there. There, it was pretty. Good. I think I had banana bread or something, and it was pretty darn good at uh, one of the Ed Harris uh, fundraising events there. So, um, yeah, I hope they're doing well with that because uh, quality is definitely there. So, yeah, she took it over from the family that uh, made it very popular, and uh, they were um, Mexican people that uh, mm-hmm. made made it successful. And she took it over and doubled the volume. And if I can remember the name of it, I'll give him a plug. I'm going to try to find it. Okay. <laughs> well, while you do that, I'll ask. So, Jerry, question, another yes. trend question. Um, formal wear for, like, high school proms, is it in? Is it out? I mean, is, is, has it come back? Uh, yes, it has, but uh, not to – a suit, a nice-looking suit is, mm-hmm. is considered formal okay, in, gotcha. in, the, in the high school. Um, okay. They do wear – the majority of them – pick a tuxedo um but um that that is still to them getting dressed up mm-hmm. and making it important to look different to so, look different right to look yeah. better yeah okay so, makes sense but you also i mean you do sell suits and and formal wear or rent as well right jerry i mean it's all there oh yeah yeah very definitely mm-hmm. and um we have um slim look we have the mo- modern look we have the you name it, and you have a name for it. It's um, either tapered pants or and um, and lower waistband. So it's it changes a little bit. Not a lot of padding. They're actually more comfortable. And yeah, I know when I was growing up, tuxedos were too heavy. But yeah, now, but now they're not. Yeah, they made them uh, to last for a long, long time yeah. because they cost a little bit more and sure. weren't plentiful with a lot of the piece goods to and make they have them. To, they have to be tailored every time, too, so they have to be a little sturdy, right? They can't be too yeah. flimsy back, yeah. back in the day. 
But um, it's good to know that the material is getting lighter, though, because obviously out here, you know, with the... And stronger. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah, they're put together much better. Good. Good, good. Did you find the bakery, Joe? I have not found the <laughs> <Okay>. bakery. <laughs> I'm looking for the bakery. But um, I'm getting hungry. It's pretty, it's pretty, uh, pretty good stuff. I'll have to get some for you guys. Now, cool. That's a yeah. deal. Now, you were involved with the Bird Rock... Um, local i guess bid or business association there and you had some pretty good accomplishments so you want to tell us about any of that because i know you help with the parking and all kinds of uh, situations your experience there yeah it was um because bird rock was growing and a lot of the people that have lived there have lived there for a long time and didn't want to necessarily make that many changes um but because of the property being so sought after it, it, it you can't hold that back and, mm -hmm. and now it's now it's um got ton of traffic and um it's hard to find it's hard to find parking spaces when you have the ocean on on one side of you and you have the canyons on the other mm -hmm. and so it's um it's become uh, become a little bit of a uh, problem. I, I, I miss my old stomping ground in Bird Rock, which was Falcone's Italian restaurant. Oh, yeah. They're not there anymore? What <laughs> no. happened to them? Uh, just retirement. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, yeah. well, Lou Bush had the place. I guess it was Ocean Fresh for a while, and then I think you were trying to get him to take on your barbecue recipe or something, weren't you? Or how did that work? Yeah, he was... Um, he was a former charger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we got to know a lot of them, and mm -hmm. um, it brought in a lot of, lot of other people, too. Mm -hmm. So... Um, that's been fun. I remember this restaurant, La Posada del Sol. You remember this place? Mm -hmm. It was a Mexican restaurant in yes, Bird Rock. Mexican restaurant in Bird Rock. I, yeah. I think the Sea House is there now. That that huge uh, condo development. But I used to like that that restaurant. And the gals wore these really colorful dresses. You know, there was plenty of parking. I, <laughs> of course, now a lot of as you say, development right, right across from your store is a big development. It was a, was a, a gas station. Now it's a big. Uh, is it residential and and retail? I forget if it's mixed use or not. Uh, do, do you, Across the street, Jerry. Yes, it's um, that's yeah. retail with condos on top. I think. Yeah, yeah. correct. Looks yeah. a lot nicer than the gas station, but obviously you could see the density uh, uh, occurring there. So, but in um, Beaumont's, we all love Beaumont's. We should give them the plug. And I mm -hmm. did find the bakery. It's called the Bread Barn. The and, Bread Barn. That sounds good. And, and mm -hmm. Laura, Laura Zeller. That's your granddaughter or a daughter, right? Uh -huh. Is that in Valley Center? Uh, it's in Valley Center. Nice. And uh, her son Noah. I'll have to go by. Noah, Bread Barn. Noah, who is um, uh, Daniel's brother, right? And right. They're, they're running this. They're running this new bakery. It's really good, Richard. You ought to check it out. They've well, Joe, some... I'm Italian, so I can't even speak without holding a piece of bread <laughs> in my left hand. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of Italians. Our family is German and Irish. Yeah. Right? So, and I know a lot of your grandkids have worked at the store with you, right? I mean, they, um, they didn't, yes, they did, but yeah. they, they really didn't. In the summer jobs, right? And Yeah, it, um, they were anxious to do other other things. Right, but I mean, you, you did find some work for them, so, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. in, in their formative years, so. They found and, a better deal, Joe. Yes, they did. They <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't hold them back, and uh, you know it's, there's a, a lot of other thought that goes into running other stores too, and being successful. 
Well, I tell you, folks, if you want to uh, get a, a real sense of uh, a lot of VIPs who have been in a particular location, get over to a better deal, which is at Bird Rock Avenue and La Jolla Boulevard right there in beautiful Bird Rock. Oh, yeah. Jerry Klein, thanks so much. Jerry, for thanks so much. Really My appreciate pleasure. it. My Good pleasure. to see you. Richard, great Janet, seeing you. Janet, nice to meet you over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, great seeing you this week, and uh, great uh, working with Mike Hansen on the board, making songs terrific. Thanks to Craig Blank, our con executive, and to Dave Smith, our programming genius here at KFMB. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iowamoney.com. See you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.